We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 26, 2015. And um, today we're going to be covering a lot of different topics relating to uh, end-time current events. Just to kind of segue or, or kind of give us a um, introduction into the first report, I'm going over a little Bible study on uh, the subject of Sodom and Gomorrah. Just doing a quick study on just the word Sodom, um, a lot of different verses come up in the Bible, and this kind of relates to the first uh, report I'm going to be going over, which is just truly incomprehensible, regarding the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah taking over and coming into this country, particularly the United States. And the acceptance of it, the protection of it, the glorification of it, and as the Bible talks about glorying in their shame. And these types of verses are the very reason why I believe they will um, try to outlaw any Bible that speaks against, obviously, homosexuality or bisexuality or all that disgusting garbage and there is one man trying to sue i believe zondervan right now regarding that issue saying that you know it's caused him irreparable damage and growing up and condemnation over the king james bible and i think even over another uh, version and you're going to see more and more of that particularly now that gay marriage has been legalized putting a legal stamp of approval on a depraved, disgusting, twisted, bent behavior as homosexuality and bisexuality and all the other garbage that goes along with it because it just degenerates further and further. And now that we've got this legal stamp of approval on this, by the Supreme Court, and Obama's done everything he could do to advance that agenda as well, there's more and more protection of that lifestyle. There's more and more legal ramifications if you speak out against it. And um, I'm sure it was that way in Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm sure it got to the point there where you couldn't utter a word against it. Lest, you know, they'll kill you. If the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender groups get their way, that's the way it will end up being in America. Where it will be a literal death sentence if you speak out against their lifestyle. So it's better to push back now with all your might than to let these devils just roughshod run over everyone and take over and implement whatever wickedness they're trying to implement. And God's still on the throne. He hasn't went anywhere. So they're going to be in for an incredibly rude awakening. And the Lord Jesus Christ only puts up with so much of this in a nation before judgment falls. So the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender movement, by and large, and I pray those that can be saved would be saved, but I, I obviously there's very, very few that ever do. I do have listeners that, have, that were in that gay lifestyle. I'm not sure exactly how far they were, but some of them say they were pretty far into it and, you know, they are happily married now, totally come out of it, totally repented. So I do believe it is possible. I'm not going to say it's not possible. Um, but it obviously is very rare. You know, the Bible talks about in Romans 1 being turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient, meaning men going after men and women going after women, primarily in the context of that verse. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron, I think that would also apply here as well. So it's... With God, all things are possible, though. But obviously, it's very rare. It's not the norm. 
when you go into this level of depravity that it always ends up in, I mean, the, the average lifespan of, of, of a gay male being 39 years old. I mean, the Bible talks about the wicked not living out half their days. And you look at the fruit of the lifestyle. You know, it's all there. I mean, all of the statistical facts about the diseases and about the, the um, you know, all of the things that end up happening, the, 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 life, the lifespan being reduced to 39 years old on average. I mean, and who knows what it might be now. I don't know. I mean, those are statistical facts. But they don't want to hear that. They don't care. They're living absolutely for pure carnality, which is really what it boils down to. The gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender, it's, it's purely about living for self. S-E-L-F. Carnality. Debauchery. Giving over to every... I, I don't even get it. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense to me why, why a guy particularly would want that. I can't... For a woman, I don't know because I'm not a woman, but a guy to want to be with an... It doesn't, it doesn't add up to me at all. It doesn't even, there's no temptation. So I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. It's purely, you know, having your mind darkened, being infested with devils and demons to the point where you get to the point where that's something evidently you want. The Bible says in Genesis 13, 13, ah, 13, 13, hmm, the number of rebellion twice in the first chapter of the bible might be a chapter you might or a chapter and verse you might want to pay attention to but the men of sodom were wicked and sinners before the lord exceedingly okay so we have that verse and then it's like the lord just immediately convicted me about what about proverbs thirteen thirteen. okay proverbs the book of wisdom but essentially okay Proverbs 13, 13. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Do you think gays despise the word of God? Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. you think old Bruce Jenner despises the word of God? Says he's a woman now? You know, Bruce... You're always going to have the DNA of a man. There's nothing you can do about it. You're always going to have the bone structure of a man, the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, the organs, and again, the DNA. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing a person can do regarding a sex change that's ever going to make them a man or a, or a woman. If they're a woman, they're a woman. They can get everything chopped and cut and spliced and diced and whatever, but it's not going to make them a man or a woman. Their DNA is always going to be male. Their chromosomal makeup will always be either male or female. You can't wave a magic wand and make yourself female. So all of that is just an abominable joke, essentially, on them, really. And then this, this transgendered man the other day, I don't know if you saw that, where that guy said something, that Shapiro guy, I think, said something about, and it wasn't even that big of a deal, and that transgendered man sitting there next to him, rubbing his back, saying, don't say that again or you're going to go to the hospital. Can you imagine if a Christian was rubbing the back of a transgendered in front of, like, you know, a million people, or whoever was watching this, and said that to the transgendered? It would be the number one news story, probably worldwide. Christian threatens transgender. But it's okay for a transgender, and he wasn't even a Christian, I'm pretty sure, to threaten a, let's say, heterosexual. That's fine. Because they're a special class of people that deserve special privileges. They are near and dear to Satan's heart, so they get special protection. Just like the Muslims, just like the pro-abortion. That's why they get special protection. Wherever you have a demographic that is doing pure evil, or has a propensity to do a lot of evil, they're going to get special protection in the media, 
And in the, in, the, in the laws of the land, by and large, they are going to become more and more of a protected group because they are carrying out Satan's plan on planet Earth. That's, that's how it works now. You're seeing that increasingly more and more and more. That's why it's more and more maddening to look at the news where you're seeing all of this wickedness and evil prospering and being condoned and protected by law. And then people that want to do righteousness are being persecuted or jailed or killed increasingly. And that is why God will have to come at some point and start judging this. So the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 13, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. There is no demographic probably on planet earth that despises the word of God, particularly the King James Bible, because that's the one that really, it's the only version that really goes and says it like it is, if you really read it, regarding the lesbian, gay. Of course, they didn't even get into bisexual stuff. And I don't think, you know, in the Bible, it was just either sodomite, you know, men going after men, women going after women. I don't think they were doing you know, transgender stuff. I mean, they might have been dressing like women, true, but I don't think they were actually into the surgical procedures. I don't think they had the technology. I may be wrong, but I don't think they did, obviously. But there's no demographic on planet Earth, if you want to refer to them as a demographic, who despises the word more than that group, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. None. Why? Because they don't want to remind where they're be reminded of what their fate is and where they're going. They don't want to look at stories in the Bible which teaches their fate, which is hell, and then the lake of fire for eternity. Now, I don't want them to go there. I truly wish that they would repent that they would get deliverance from all of these devils and demons, that they would get saved and live productive Christian lives. I, I don't want them to go to hell. But the, the, the fact remains is for the majority of them, for the vast majority, that is not going to be the case. In Sodom and Gomorrah, he was trying to find, you know, would it get down to five, two righteous men? You know, it ended up being a lot. And his family. And his wife wasn't too righteous. She looked back. And then you look at what his daughters did. They, were, they weren't too righteous either. So he did that as far as sparing them or trying to spare them, his family, just for the sake of Lot. And here Lot was willing to give up his two daughters. You know, for the sake of the angels. Who could have taken care of themselves pretty easy. And obviously they showed that they could by blinding the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. Who then groped for the door. To try to have basically sexual relations with the angels. I mean it's pretty bad when it gets to that point. So there's certain things about that that's kind of hard to comprehend. How Lot could be referred to as a righteous man. But he was. And he was referred to as a righteous man in the New, in the New Testament. You know, I think it was a totally different culture back then. And you see that dynamic played out in a few different parts of the Bible. Where things that we would think, well, how could they do that? Well, I don't know. It was a different culture, different mindset. But the fact remains is, is, is the Bible says the soul of, of righteous Lot was vexed day to day with the daily conversation of the wicked around him. In the New Testament. And it refers to him as righteous in other parts of the Bible as well. So. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Fear of the commandment is fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So these are all really important things. But there is no other demographic that is more, um, that despises the word more than the LGBT whatever group on the planet. So I find that that is, is striking in comparison to Genesis, Genesis 13.13. 13. 
the first chapter of the Bible. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So they exceeded wickedness and sinning. I mean, they took it to a whole other level. And then Genesis 18, 20, if we skip ahead, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grievous. Well, the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, let, let's say I would venture to say the little ones that were there, that's where primarily this cry was coming from. Those that were being victimized by the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. It doesn't say a lot about the women, um, but I would venture to say that's where primarily most of the, you know, oppression, um, wickedness was stemming from. I would say primarily the men and then into the, into the women. It doesn't say a lot about them, but I imagine that pretty much they were going along with whatever was being, you have to understand when you have this type of dynamic going on, it's just not about somebody all of a sudden wakes up one day and says, yeah, I want to I want to be a, a sodomite and I want to do No, it's about demon possession to the toenails. These are these are just vessels of Satan fitted meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction like the Bible talks about in the New Testament. They're they're prepared ahead of time, most of them. And as they commit more and more sins, more and more demons and devils go into them further defiling them further darkening their imaginations further giving them a propensity for even more wicked acts that they might not have been capable of a day beforehand because see satan's never satisfied and these devils and demons are never satisfied so the more somebody gets increasingly demon possessed like what you're seeing here and what you're seeing in america now they're never satisfied that's why the gays are saying they're just getting going when this, when this legislation, they're not going to be content just with gay marriage. The same day that was said, one of their main people said, we're just getting started. This is all well and good. We'll celebrate today. But we're just getting cranked up. This is just the beginning. And it's just the beginning of them trying to, to take away all the rights of particularly Christians or anyone that would be against their lifestyle to oppress them and ultimately have them imprisoned and killed if they had their way. That's where they would want to take it all if they had their way. But God is, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. Ever seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Ever making intercession for the saints. So going to, to the next verse, verse 21, 18, 21. I will go down now and I will see, and this is God talking, I will go down now and I will see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. So we, we skip ahead a chapter, Genesis nineteen twenty four. Then the Lord reigned upon, and obviously he saw what was going on, and then the Lord reigned upon Sodom and, and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire, from the Lord out of heaven. And he looked toward Sodom, verse 28, and he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. So God rained down brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah and the, the cities like around there as well, who had also been infected with this evil. This evil had to be cleansed and purged out of the land. This wickedness had to be. And then verse, uh, then if you go to uh, Deuteronomy 29, 23, and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning that is not sown, meaning you can't grow there, nor beareth any grass grown therein like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah. Adama and Zeboim, which was another place that was judged that way, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in, in his wrath. Doesn't seem to be much of an endorsement for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender movement there. 
He rained down fire and brimstone and salt on these lands to the point where you couldn't even grow anything. Now, I believe from, from the research I've seen that Ron Wyatt found where Sodom and Gomorrah is. That and, you know, several other places. I mean, you can go to where Sodom and Gomorrah is right now. If you just can't Ron Wyatt, Sodom and Gomorrah on YouTube. And he'll show you the balls of, of brimstone, uh, you know, sulfur and, and brimstone balls. And they did all kind of studies on nothing grows there still to this day. It's, it's like a desert. So, I mean, these places exist is, is, is the point I'm trying to make. There's, there's um, signs of God's judgment all over this earth. I mean, the flood, <laughs> that's been proven. If you look at Ken Hovind's research on all the evidence for the flood, what was the flood? God's judgment on planet earth to the point he had to kill everything with breath in its lungs, save the people and the animals on the ark. Start over. Because the world had been so defiled because the fallen angels had come down and procreated with women, produced giants, and just like today, they were trying to defile the DNA of mankind so that the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, could not come through the human bloodline. Could not, the predicted Savior, could not come through the human bloodline. Satan figured if he could kill all the people off, that prophecy couldn't be fulfilled. He would have been right, but he wasn't able to pull it off. Because God is always, I'm sure, I don't know how many steps ahead of Satan, but let's say infinitely ahead of Satan. So going further, um, then we go to Isaiah 13, 19. In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I, I know that there's been a lot of comparisons of America and modern day as being modern day Babylon. I'm not even going to get into, into that debate, but obviously it has a lot of attributes of Babylon. If you do a, a comparison of Babylon in the United States, particularly the United States of now, not the United States maybe, let's say, of 100 years ago so much, but, but now particularly, yes, there's a lot of parallels there, wickedness parallels. So he says, in Babylon shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And then we see Jeremiah 23, 14. I have, also seen, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem. So these are people that, that are saying that they're the mouthpieces of God. And you see a lot of, of prophets today in, let's say, particularly the modern day charismatic Pentecostal movement. You know, a lot of people saying that they're getting more. And I'm not saying that they're not all hearing from God. I'm not saying that. But a prophet has to pass two tests. They have to get it right 100% of the time, all the time, according to Deuteronomy 18. And then if you go on two, three chapters ahead of that, whatever the prophet says cannot steer you away from the word of God, even if what he's saying is accurate. Like a, you can go to a witch, a, pro, a fortune teller, and she can tell you about Okay, let's say she says something accurate about your life or something accurate about your future. She has some kind of demonic glimpse into that. Okay. Well, she's not pointing you to the Word of God, obviously. She's going to point you away from it. So you have, to, you have to pass both tests as a prophet. What was the punishment? Well, stoning. You were dead. Now it's no big deal. Anybody can prophesy, you know. No fear of God. You know, so I I just think that office is taken way too lightly in modern day, particularly America. There's not enough vetting. Have you have you ever got a prophecy? I'm not saying take some out and stone them, but you know if you've gotten like fifty percent of your prophecies right, let's say that's best case scenario. There's all these people up there that that you know, and this is why I got out of the charismatic movement in large part, partly. Because I looked around and had all these people that I knew giving me personal prophecies. And I'm like, they're never coming to pass. Well, that means you're a false prophet. You're not hearing from God. It's a very serious thing in God's eyes. I mean, they stoned them in the Old Testament. It's not something you take lightly. Now you have all these televangelists trying to milk money out of people, tickling people's ears. 
most of the time. I I don't think there's near enough reverence for that all as far as they need to be vetting that and in not reverence for prophets, but I mean reverence for the severity of being a false prophet. You know. You know, you see some the, the newest prophet of the week on the internet, and they say something, and it's like, well, okay, that's fine. What's your track record? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a prophecy a little bit later, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's of God. I can't because I don't know that person's track record. It sounds like it is. Okay, it does line up with the word of God. I think it is. It seems to be is the. But I'm not going to sit here and say from a, whatever like, oh, this is definitely. Has to be. Because I don't even know this prophet. I have no idea. But it does seem to line up with what we see on the horizon. So I'm not. I, I'm trying to take like a do with everything a bib, a biblically balanced approach, regarding that subject. Coming out of hardcore charismania many years ago, I, I kind of have a unique perspective on that particular subject. But it says here in Jeremiah 23, 14, I've seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers. Well, you got a prophet, let's say, yoked up with some apostate ministry, and that and they're all they're evildoers. They're there to bolster and strengthen the, pro, the the hands of an evildoer, somebody like a Benny Hinn or, or some other devil. They go up there, they act like they're the mouthpiece of God, so everybody's like, oh, oh, wow, what is God saying to us? And then they're in, putting some rubber stamp on some ministry with some charlatan that's just about getting money, who's nothing more than probably a closet Satanist slash Luciferian, which is very, very common almost the norm at the higher levels of televangelism. I've covered that many, many times. This key in my studies I've done on either Pentecostal or Todd Bentley. I, I truly believe myself and Doug, my, my former listener, we went to his last um, supposed crusade there in Lakeland prayed the whole time we were there in the back of this tent he wasn't even there that day saw the most craziest stuff and within one week the whole thing was shut down it, the whole thing had come apart it, i mean it had been this big worldwide global thing so much they had to go to this airplane hangar in lakeland where we went that same week his whole thing shut down and he got in and they got they caught him with the whole he's committing adultery on his wife he came out and admitted it shut him down totally here he's living on um oh, oh rick joiner's property now they're in south carolina i believe tattooed from basically head to toe i've done several studies on bentley alone just came bentley todd i mean that's two christians praying in the back of his of his revival supposed revival and if we were not of god and we were i mean i was praying to the lord jesus christ i was that he shut it down if it wasn't the Lord Jesus Christ's will, why did it get shut down that week? Were we doing Satan's work? I look around and I see all this totally unbiblical garbage going on around me. Laying hands suddenly, the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man, lest you be partakers of their sin. And everybody praying in tongues at the same time. The Bible says one praying in tongues, let two and three interpret. I mean, all this unbiblical garbage going, all this worldly garbage, just weird, terrible evil stuff going on i get into it in, in the in the study and there's one in particular i did on the sh bentley shutdown and that was just one example of a of a charismatic charismania prophet who had duped millions into thinking he was a mouthpiece of god 
And two Christians go there. As far as I know, I didn't see anybody else doing what we were doing. And I'm not saying my listeners weren't praying as well. But I think there's a different dynamic when you go to these things. And you actually, you're there physically praying. I don't mean to brag about it in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying the Lord Jesus Christ did it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Hopefully I was just being obedient. We weren't there for like, because we were trying to draw attention to ourselves. that's for sure. You look at the wicked fruit of that one revival alone. He was like punching people and kicking them in the stomach. Kick her in the stomach with your biker boot. I remember that was one of the things that God supposedly told Todd Bentley to do. I mean, the most insane, unbiblical garbage. Guy's tattooed from head to toe. He's just, he's a, I mean, he's cheating on his wife. All this unbiblical garbage. And yet, millions fell for it. Like, where... I mean, granted, I know I've been there at one time, I, but God didn't keep me there very long. It was almost like I was there so I could observe and then get my eyes open and get Really, when I got my eyes started to open is when I realized the, the King James Bible was the Word of God. That was when I got my, when all of a sudden my eyes started getting open. I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're doing all kind of unbiblical garbage here. I think, the, I think that's why it's so important what Bible you're reading. Because I know that's when I started getting my eyes open. Then all of a sudden, a lot of other things became very apparent to me. Things that I'm like, why didn't I see this before? I didn't have the true word of God to use, you know, to discern between right and wrong. I had a corrupted word. I had a Bible with 64,098 words missing, meaning the NIV, which is almost 10% of the total text compared to a KJV. Well, what did... What did those translators do? Tithe those words to the to, to the devil? The Bible says, warns heavily at the end of Revelation that if you remove the words of the book of this prophecy, I will remove your, your, your name out of the book of life. That means you get to go to hell for eternity. The word of God is not something I mess around with. You add unto these words, I'll add unto you the plagues in this book, it says. But if you take away... I will take away your name out of the book of life. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of those translators that have actively put out these translations and then they keep putting them out. These false translations. It never ends. Not something I think I'd want to mess around with. Just saying. So, anyway, I really got off on a tangent there. Sorry. Uh... So I've seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem an horrible thing. They commit adultery, they walk in lies, they strengthen the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. See, when you're in a, let's say Todd Bentley, great example. You're in that movement, you're seeing him do all this unbiblical garbage on stage. And thinking it's of God, conning yourself in your own mind, not comparing what he's doing with scripture, that's the, that's the main reason why this is going on. And I'm sure part of that is because they have a false Bible. When you have somebody like Todd Bentley doing that, they're strengthening the hand of evildoers, and, and what it's going to do is none will return from their wickedness. I had a lot of friends that, that came out of that charismatic movement with me i think 11 or 12 that came out of that church when i finally left i finally said listen i, I went to the pastor i said listen we're doing all this we're doing that this is so unbiblical what we're doing we're you I mean even if tongues are biblical you're not doing it the right way you're you're you've got you've got people breaking into the church putting bones and ashes on the pews between serve i mean they really were I'm not lying. There was somebody that had a key or something that was in. I mean, it was that bad. At this, it was a big charismatic church in Cape Coral, Florida, and um, I'm like, 
you're reading a false Bible version. I, it was, I was trying to, you know, they didn't want to hear any of it. And then in the end, I left. And I remember the pastor shaking my hand, who actually ended up, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he, he ended up, I don't know how many years later, but ended up getting, I'm pretty sure, cheating on his wife and getting caught in a huge scandal there. And he shook my hand and looked me in the eye and he said, don't let the devil throw you a curveball. Regarding all the things that I knew God had shown me. And I looked him right back in the eye and said, I won't. Walked out, didn't want to be disrespectful. And um, had about 11 or 12 people come out of there with me. Because I had been teaching a Bible study there. But you know, within about two years, they are all back into it. They And, the, and I... They came out with me, and and they saw all of the insane. It got, I mean, I showed them way more, like that twenty hour tape that that uh, VHS. You can't get it anymore, but it was on all. But it is up online. That I sent it to a listener of mine in like Europe, and he got the whole thing up online. It took him a couple years, but thank God he got it up there. Uh, I think it was called the Toronto Blessing Unmasked. Toronto Blessing Unmasked. You can go watch my. VHS tapes on YouTube that he put up there was I think it was like the last copy in existence or something because you don't see the footage anywhere. That was why when I sent it to him, I'm like, listen, this is the last one I know of. You need to do this. And then I he hadn't done it, and then I mentioned it on another audio, and he he heard it and got convicted and got it up there right away. So thank God that happened. Um, because I didn't know how to do it. To convert VHS and then, you know, get it up online. And, and and listen, it's a copy of a copy of a copy. It's not the greatest quality, but you can. It's like 20 hours of basically proving that they're, they're like slowing the tongues down. They're reversing the tongues sometimes. They're, they're showing you what they're saying off camera. People like Benny Hinn and Rodney Howard Brown, who, who referred to himself as the Holy Ghost bartender. And, um, oh, Hagen and, uh, they referred to his dad Hagen. He was like the main guy. Copeland, Benny Hinn, all, a lot of these guys, all these guys. And seeing what they're actually saying, slowing tongues down, reversing tongues, seeing what they're saying off camera, they, they think they're not being heard. These people are Satanists. They're not just greedy. They're literal Luciferians leading and let's say best case scenario well-meaning christians let's give them every benefit of the doubt they're literally having a luciferian as their pastor that's how bad it is in the modern day 501c3 apostate church in america to a large extent not everybody's a luciferian behind the pulpit i'm, I'm not saying that but at those higher levels particularly in televangelism i 100 you look at paul crouch sodomite extraordinaire <laughs> i mean that guy was pure evil having you know gay affairs with his chauffeur driver and stuff well lonnie ford i mean well documented pretty much i mean it's bad news he was he was the head of tbn the, the main zenith the main fountainhead that promoted all of this garbage. So this is the state we find ourselves in. So the prophets of Jerusalem are in hor they've done a horrible thing. They commit adultery, they walk in lies, they strengthen the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. You're not going to return from your wickedness typically if you're sinning under a ministry that is of Satan. They are, they are all of them unto me as Sodom and as the inhabitants of Gomorrah. That's how God views them. That's a really serious thing. And then you look at Ezekiel 16, 49, which says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride pride the first sin of the bible what do you mean well what caused satan to fall that was the first sin of the bible that was before adam and eve 
before Adam and Eve. He was the serpent when he appeared to Adam and Eve. He had already committed that sin. He was already a serpent. First sin of the Bible. Until the day of iniquity was the, that iniquity was found in Satan's heart. Because his, the Bible says because of his beauty he was lifted up and because of his merchandise. He had a lot of possessions and he was very, very beautiful. He was referred to the, as the anointed cherub that covereth. He most likely even covered the throne of God to just to shield. If you could not behold the glory of God, he was, he was the master musician. It said he had pipes and tabrets and things built into him. I don't know exactly what he looked like, but evidently it was pretty... Like, if you could actually view Lucifer, which is what he was referred to at the time, in his in that form, before he'd fallen, you would probably just drop dead because you couldn't handle it before he fell. He was that beautiful. Because of his beauty and because of his merchandise, he was lifted up. What is that? That's pride. Then he said, I will be like the Most High. I will ascend unto the sides of the north. He wanted to usurp God. He wanted God's position. Well, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. First thing listed, pride. How much do you see that in the, the modern day 501c3 apostate church? Half of them are probably yoked up with the clergy response team now thinking they're doing God's service. Selling their congregations out. Why? Because of Romans 13. Obey whatever the government says, whenever the government says, and whatever they say. Because they're always of God. Just like Hitler told his preachers to do the same thing. And it worked out pretty good then too. Because the government's always right, no matter how wicked they get, obviously. That's what Romans 13 means, you know. I've done a whole teaching on that. Just key in Romans in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. Pride, fullness of bread. America, I'm just using America as an example, the most overweight nation on the planet. Think we got some fullness of bread here? Now, I understand you could say, well, it's all the GMOs. True, but you need to try to avoid the GMOs. No, it's not all the GMOs. I'm not going to blame it all. There were a lot of people that were morbidly obese. Gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. I'm just saying it is. You need to try to get off GMOs. If you can't lose weight, try to get off GMOs. I've totally adopted a different way i've i'm not going to the gym anymore i was going to like a private christian gym like after hours like when nobody was there and you know i was lifting really heavy weights and i'm like how is this going to benefit me any i don't know if i wanted to prove something to myself i don't know i stopped i don't have any urge now it's just like god took it away from me it's like i got to a certain point and i'm like you know what okay i've achieved a certain level here great how is this going to benefit me if, like, we, like, need to go on a, I don't know, let's say we need to take a 20-mile march, like, God has us leave a certain area, or needs us to be in a certain level of physical shape. How's that going to benefit me? If I can lift these massive weights or whatever. It's really not. It's good to be a strong it's good to be strong i do believe that the bible says a wise man increaseth in strength yeah a wise man is strong that's that's actually physically strong i do believe that so i don't believe it's it's a sin i think it would be a sin if you go and take steroids and do all that kind of garbage but an attribute of masculinity is strength i was taking it too far I'm doing like, and, and I'm so busy now, I can't even think about, I mean, literally, I couldn't go to the gym if I wanted to now. I can hardly leave the house. With all the current events, with all the inquiries I'm getting, and I'm doing like mini workouts, which I think is actually more productive. Sitting for a half hour, an hour, get up, do high knees for like 30, 60 reps. 
jump squats, push-ups, um, chins. I got it all set up in this little area where I can do all this stuff. I can do like these little mini workouts, which really is good because you're keeping the blood going. In other words, I'm sitting here for how many hours per day and doing nothing and then go to the gym and then all of a sudden max myself out. That's not the same as actually doing physical activity throughout the day. I believe it's much more beneficial to do these mini, mini, these mini workouts throughout the day. It, it literally, it's taking like less than a minute to do a little workout. Get the blood moving. You're getting brain in. You're getting blood into the head. You think clear. You have more energy. You lose weight. I've been losing weight. I'm not obese by any stretch, but I'm I'm losing weight. I've really tried to get away from the GMOs. And, I mean, just eating out hardly at all. Unless it's, like, organic. You know? Which is hard to find. But anything that you're going to get in most restaurants is going to be GMO. GMOs are one of the main ways they're trying to kill us. And I do believe it's one of the main ways they're trying to make us obese. And not be able to lose weight. I mean, when I was younger, I, would, I could go to sleep and wake up five pounds lighter. In my 20s and stuff, I got really spoiled. I can't do that anymore. I eat less now. I'm fasting every day now. I get up. I haven't eaten anything today yet. I mean, I'm, it's like 5 o'clock. Granted, I work way into the night. And my schedule's messed up because of just the way things work out, but... I'm usually fasting every day in some way, shape, or form. It's called intermittent fasting. It's one of the best ways also to lose weight. I do believe that there's a, it's called Bulletproof Diet. They've got a thing where you use, that you do what they call some MCT oil, medium chain triglyceride with a little bit of, um, of grass-fed butter in, in coffee. I can't do it, I only do it about once a week. I can't handle coffee. Coffee just wrecks my immune system i don't know why it just does some people can drink it by the pot every day i can't i'm convinced of it but i'll do it like a cup a week now or maybe two cups a week max i it's it's a great way if you want to do some intermittent fasting as far as not eating any food you know there are different ways you can do it really good to detox you here's another great way you can detox skin brush skin brushing is wonderful and it's, and it's, I mean, once you get the brush, it's free. Just look it up. Skin brushing detox. Look it up on YouTube. Detoxes you like you want to believe. It also increases your strength. There's a guy named Louis Sir who was known as the strongest man who ever, ever lived at one time. And every, and he skin brushed every day. He had skin like, like a baby's bottom, evidently. And he... There's only one strength competition he ever lost, and he hadn't and he had not skin brushed for like a week ahead of time. He hadn't done it. Skin brushing will increase your strength, and you don't. And all it is is you skin brushing. I don't understand a hundred percent how that works as far as strength goes. I guess it's it's taking such a burden of detox off your body because your skin cells, when you're sloughing them off, this accelerates the process. Not only does it give you youthful looking skin, but it also helps your body detox. I think what you'd want to do typically is skin brush and then take a shower. If you do it before your shower, you literally can do it in less than five minutes. Little stuff like that. Detoxing. Liver. Colon. Gallbladder. Huge. The liver's the furnace. Most people have a fatty liver. A fatty liver, you cannot burn fat with a fatty liver. The liver is like your furnace where fat is burned. It has a lot to do with that process. Okay, so you take choline, the B vitamin, to defat the liver. And then you go from that into either the standard liver gallbladder flush. And I know I'm really getting way off. I'm trying to give you some practical things that I have found. You take that. And um, 
to defat the liver, choline, at least two, three thousand milligrams a day. Take it with food, it will defat the liver, which then you can safely do, and I would do it for at least a bare minimum, I'd say 10 days, at least, before you do a gallbladder flush. You can find gallbladder flushes online. You can email me. I'll email you the doc I have on it. And then I'm also going to email you the alternative because some people don't want to do that. I've done them, okay? But what I found is that when I first started doing them before I ever started doing detox, it worked amazing. And then once I actually started doing some level of detox, when I tried to do them after that, I didn't, I didn't, get rid of any stones because they weren't forming they were all being dissolved so now i just do choline and like af beta food which is a couple products af beta food in particular uh from standard process which is the professional line i carry it's like beets and carrots and a whole bunch of other things it's really really good for cleansing the gallbladder and liver hugely important stuff having enough flora in your intestinal tract that's another big thing with your immune system, with colon function, well, a lot of this stuff relates to losing weight. Foundational things. Not drinking sugary drinks, fruit juices, and soft drinks are not even remotely optional. But fruit juices, you're you're removing all the you're removing that out of its natural environment. There's no fiber involved like you would normally get like apple juice with an apple where you're getting pectin and fiber. You're spiking the blood sugar. It's being stored as fat. Trans fatty acids, which is fried food, French fries, all that garbage. Trans fats are just horrific. They gum up the liver. They gum up your arteries. I've gotten a lot more strict about this. I've lost, actually, about 16 pounds now. You know? And it wasn't like I ever, ever had the big you know, huge gut or anything like that. I didn't, but I just knew I needed to lose some fat weight, you know? And every pound of fat that you create, you have, your body has to create, I don't know how many more miles of veins to innervate it, and then your heart has to work that much harder to get the blood into the fat, and it just slows you down. You're not as productive. You, 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 you know, it's more pounding on your joints. It's more because of all the weight. It's just, there's no advantage to it. I think it was helping me in the gym some because the more you, you gain, then the stronger you are, typically. But I'm telling you, these mini workouts are the way to go, particularly if you're, if you're jammed on time. You know, I don't know, do, I don't know, do uh, 60 high knees or 30. What, start out with whatever you can do. Squats, whatever, deep knee bends. I was just doing jump squats the other night. Um, anything to get your metabolism going, anything to get the blood moving, whatever. It doesn't have to be one exercise. Do some ab work. Those, those ab wheels are really good if, if you do like those little rolls in front of you and back. These are things, little devices that you can buy where you can do a lot of stuff with them and they don't cost a lot of money. If you have, you can go buy one of those little chin bars. Even if you just hang there and do it. What I'm saying is, is you want to try to hit all the muscles of the body, not just do all legs. Hit them all. You know, and, and just do like one exercise at a time. Do it every hour or every half hour, whatever you're convicted about. I had a little little chart in front of me. I haven't been doing as much lately, but I would just mark off. I try to hit 10, 10 cycles per day. It's like 30 seconds to a minute out of my day for each cycle. Or those things called up-downs. Those are really good too. They call them burpees, but I don't like that term. I just think it's so stupid. But up-downs, those are, those are really challenging if you... Especially if you get up into the high numbers. Those are really tough. Particularly if you're, you know, a bigger guy like I am. Um, I'm just trying to give you some examples of some exercises that you can do that are, that are practical. Um, that obviously they, they won't cost you anything. 
lunges. You can do like walking lunges one at a time. Now, if your knees can't take it, get some neoprene knee wraps and put them on prior to doing this or wear them if you know you're going to be doing them. Warm up some, stretch some, and if your knees still can't take it because you don't have the cartilage in there, you need to be on a good glucosamine product. you got to be on that. Glucosamine has been proven in double-blind studies to regenerate knee cartilage. It will regenerate knee cartilage, preferably, you know, like a glucosamine blend with other things in there. Unfortunately, innate response is, is, has canceled the JCTH, which is the one I really like the, the most, you know, because they say they can't source the materials properly anymore. I don't know how many times they've done this to me. So right now I'm switching back to the, the glucosamine synergy by standard process. I still have some JCTH left. Just the big bottles. That's all I've got. The 180 counts. But I'm going to have to go back to the glucosamine synergy now, which is a really good product. It's just that I like the JCTH better, personally. So, but unfortunately, that's Innate's deal. I, I have no control over it. But you need to be on a product like that. You need to be on manganese. If you can't hold your chiropractic adjustments, if you have joint issues, you got to have manganese to hold chiropractic adjustments. It's the key. I take this stuff every day. I take Ligaplex 2 by standard process for ligaments and tendon health. I take um, like a JCTH or glucosamine synergy. I even do a collagen supplement too. That's another really good one. I do a cod liver oil because that's a really good anti-inflammatory. Olive oil is very good too. I was actually even able to find olive oil gel perils that you can take instead of having to do the oil. Or organic olive oil. They had a ter terrible harvest this year, I guess, in Italy, and it's the price is going through the roof. But these are the oils in particular really act like joint lubricants. They're they're anti-inflammatories. They they mediate what they call the prostaglandin response in the body. All of these things are uh, reason I'm giving this all to you is that if there's reasons you're not exercising, these are some things I'm telling you are ways that you can ease into it. And I mean walking. Walking's great too, but walking's not always practical to do every half hour. The other things I'm telling you, you can do every half hour. Walking's great though. Toughen up your feet with walking. You never know when you might have to, when the days and times ahead are coming. Every time I go out there, I realize that. Oh boy, my feet are, are way too tender. I need to toughen my feet up. And if you, wait, if you have all the survival gear and you've practiced on none of it, on none of the shoes, and on none, you're going to get out there and you don't have the stuff broken in, you're going to get out there, particularly with your feet, and you are going to have an incredibly rude awakening because you're going to have blisters all over your feet. The one thing I just told you could literally save your life. Now, I'm not saying God's not in control, but I'm telling you right now, with your feet, you need to get them toughened up to a certain extent. Okay, so I have to get going here because I'm almost out of time on this one particular part, and um, just want to finish up this thought point. Okay, Ezekiel 16, 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of her system, Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Okay, so abundance of idleness too. One of the reasons you have the obesity epidemic. And also, you have like these... Um, People sitting around, they're totally dependent on the government for everything. They just sit around and watch TV all day or they're, um, and I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying a lot, or they're like these kids, they're on the video games. We're going to talk extensively about that today, whole section on video games, stuff I have never covered. They're just sitting around, you know, wasting their life. They're, they're doing nothing at all to contribute to society, humanity, trying to get other people saved, trying to help other... They're, they're doing nothing regarding that. Their life is totally lived for self. So, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, um, and she didn't strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Obviously, that's important, very important as well, in God's eyes, okay? Um, so, Revelation 3.14, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen capital amen meaning basically jesus christ the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god i know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot 
I worked that thou were cold or hot. So because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. This is just basically a, a, a um, message to the modern-day 501c3 corporate church yoked up with the IRS and the government and now clergy response team, okay, to a large extent. Um, because thou art lukewarm. Okay, again, where, where are the churches marching against pro-abortion, against all this wickedness, evil, and debauchery? I don't see them out in force. Supposedly, the vast majority of people in America are Christians. Yet, I don't see them coming out against all of this wickedness, taking a stand against it. We, we have enough numbers, supposedly, as Christians, where we should be able to stomp out all of these movements easily. And I don't mean, like, physically. I mean from a, from a just a voter block, from a taking a stand on morality standpoint, from a public outcry standpoint. But, but by and large, there's, there's no response at all, or very little. So, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Okay, doesn't that kind of sound like what we just read? Behold, this was the iniquity of the sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughter's. Huh, doesn't that kind of sound similar because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing? Huh, it kind of does sound similar. And knowest that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, in God's eyes, that's the way he views, views them. Next verse, I counsel thee to buy gold, tried, buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. In white raiment, which is the righteousness of the saints, it says living, basically living a righteous lifestyle um that thou mayest be clothed that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesight that thou mayest see i have read more than one story where a witch who has had their third eye open when they look at let's say a christian minister they can see if they're clothed or not or christian somebody claiming to be a christian they can see actually whether they're clothed or not and most of the time they appear as naked that's really scary to me. That, like, scares me. Because they don't have the robe of righteousness. They don't have white raiment that they're clothed. And when a witch can have their third eye opened up and see into the spirit world, they can tell or not whether you're, you're clothed as a Christian or not. And the one, the one story I'd read, this guy was, like, preaching Jesus Christ. He was on a bus. It was, like, in Africa. And he was like preaching a really good sermon. People actually got saved. But he was still naked. Now granted, can I say 100% for sure that's 100% accurate? It came from a witch? No. But from a biblical standpoint, I could see how that, would, that could happen. You know? And I mean, you know, so... Anoint thine eyes with eyesight that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chase, and be zealous, zealous therefore, and repent. And then the last verse, which is going to segue us into the next part, which I'm going to have to start in the next part, part two. So I know, I've been all over the board today. Sorry about that. Just kind of didn't even mean it to go that direction, but a lot of things come up and then you get convicted about talking about it at a certain point. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. That was in the New Testament this was said. So you can't say, oh, it's just God, fire and brimstone in the Old Testament. No, this is New Testament right here. So I, I am totally out of time for this part. God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. 
For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.